Curtain going up. Curtain going up. Places, please. Officer, stand by. Ladies and gentlemen, she comes to you from the cornfields of Indiana. She loves the Constitution more than she likes most people. Allow me to introduce Shouse in the House. What is up, everybody? I'm so excited to be back. Uh, this format is going to be kind of a hybrid format. I'm going to talk a little bit in the beginning. And then I also, I've done an interview with Yessi, who is the CEO of Team World Supporter. And I'll kind of allude to what that's about, and then we'll discuss it a little bit further when I put Yessi on here. But Team World Supporter is combating the conservative censorship that's taking place in big tech right now. If you're Google, if you're Twitter, if you're Facebook, those organizations are censoring conservative voices, whether it be through uh, deplatforming on YouTube where I'm no longer going to monetize your video because I don't like what you're saying. If you are deplatforming on Google where you're no longer allowing my website to turn up in search results because you don't like what I have to say. If you are putting a content censorship block on my posts on Facebook or Twitter because you don't like what I have to say, or if you are just simply banning me and saying, okay, I'm going to remove your account because I don't like what you have to say. Yossi is one of the individuals that is helping people who are in that position who have been either deplatformed or banned or even temporary bans, having that documentation, those screenshots stating, here's why we've taken you off of the platform, gives it, all of that documentation is going to go into the argument that if you want Section 230 protection, then you can no longer essentially edit or manufacture or limit the content that's being on placed on your platform because you are not a publisher. It's not your responsibility to fact check. It's not your responsibility to censor or limit. Your responsibility as a platform is to allow all voices equal opportunity. So let's get into this a little bit. Let's talk about Section 230. What does that actually mean? A lot of people are, you know, you hear that. You hear that the president came out and said that he wants a, a federal review of Section 230 and whether or not those organizations still are permitted the the protections that those those have. So there is a there's an act in 1996. It's called the Communications Decency Act, and the freedom of expression and innovation on the internet was included in that, which is Section 230. Section 230 says that quote. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. So, in other words, people who host or republish speech are protected against a range of laws that might otherwise be used to hold them accountable or legally responsible. If I go on Twitter and I say, I'm going to kill the President of the United States, and then I go ahead and do that, Twitter cannot be held liable or accountable for my speech that I placed online. It's solely my responsibility. And that policy framework has allowed for YouTube and Vimeo, Vimeo, however you say that, to upload their own videos, Amazon and Yelp to offer user reviews, Craigslist to host classified ads, Facebook and Twitter to have social networking, and I mean, that applies to hundreds of millions of users. So 
So given the sheer size of those user-generated websites, you, you can't really expect those individuals to be able to monitor or, or censor all of that. It's interesting, though, because what brings all of this to the forefront was on May 29th, Donald Trump tweeted out and said, quote, I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, Minneapolis. A total lack of leadership. Either the very weak, radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, or Fry, however you say his name. I should probably know this, but anyway. Get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send in the National Guard and get the job done right. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Waltz and told him the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty, and we will assume control, but... When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Twitter put a censorship on that where it hid what he said. And it uh, Twitter's, I guess, response was this tweet violated the Twitter rules of glorifying violence. Um, however, Twitter has determined it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. So it's interesting because they left it up but said that it violated it. So they... They put something over top of it to where you couldn't actually see it. What's interesting about this is I can literally, I, I mean, I have videos saved in my phone that if you want to talk about, you know, glorifying violence or what that actually means, we can talk about that. For example, one of the, the tweets that just very most recently circulated was a tweet uh, from Louisville, Kentucky, one of the... It's like don't fuck around group or something. It's a a group of um, black militia individuals who are armed. It's an armed militia. They were standing on, I think, the steps of the courthouse in Louisville. I'm going to play this clip for you. They're not doing nothing. But what they needed to understand, and I told them, perception is our reality. So whatever y'all show us, that's what we believe. So if you don't tell us nothing, we will think you ain't doing nothing. But if you is doing something, tell us what the fuck it is. And if it's some shit that we can handle, we might step back and give you a chance to do what the fuck you said you was gonna do. But if you don't, we'll burn this bitch to the ground. Okay, so as you can obviously see, I mean, that circulated heavily on Twitter. Tons of people, hundreds of thousands of people shared that clip onto social media. I am not saying anything about whether or not I think it's right or wrong in regards to the Breonna Taylor situation. I'm not saying it's anything right or wrong in regards to what he was saying or, or what they have going on. My point is that if you say... If you don't do this, I'm going to burn your city to the ground. To me, that's glorifying violence. You're literally saying that you're going to burn an entire city to the ground. There has been no censorship, no pulling of that video down, no um, banning of the accounts who have shared the video. Nothing has happened with regards to that video. Now, this is just one I mean, I'm only using this example because this just happened yesterday. So it's one of a very 
many, many, many examples if we want to talk about glorifying violence. I, I don't give a shit about this. I don't, I'm not speaking against it. He has the right to free speech. We all do. My point is that the rules should be applied equally across the board. If you want to censor the president and say that he was glorifying violence, fine. But you have to also then move into a situation where you're censoring types of videos like this. In the time that I have been following this type of censorship due to quote unquote violation of our terms of service, I've noticed that those terms of services are applied very, um, shall we say, liberally to who you want them to apply to. So if, or I guess conservatively, <laughs> really, <laughs> and I, I don't know of one prominent liberal or even non-prominent liberal. I don't know of one single liberal individual that has been censored or banned. You know, I have seen Rosie O'Donnell. I have seen Joy Behar. I have seen, oh God, Alyssa Milano. I have seen some very, uh, Kathy Griffin. I've seen some very prominent liberal individuals get away with saying some very, very bad things online. And there has been no censorship. There has been no banning of those individuals. And there are people out there, they've got receipts. They've got the screenshots of these types of things. And if it comes to the point where, you know, we start holding, you know, Facebook and Twitter and, and those individuals accountable, or those companies, I guess I should say, accountable, those checks and balances are going to come out. It's going to say, hey, look, show me where you filtered or banned these. Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen has said some of the most atrocious, awful things I have ever seen a celebrity say to just average everyday humans. And... And gotten away with it. Never once has she been slapped with a, hey, this probably shouldn't be something you're saying to people. Gosh, I don't remember who it was. You had somebody tweet out a picture of Donald Trump side by side with Adolf Hitler um, when he stood in front of the, the church with the Bible. And it showed uh, Adolf Hitler holding a Bible. It was photoshopped. It was a fake photograph. And nobody did anything about it until it got to the point where it had been shared hundreds of thousands of times. And then we get to the point where we're like, okay, well, now that it's been shared, we're going to quietly put this little, hey, this, this is not true media content on there. But it was, I mean, there were so many people that had already seen it at that point. It didn't matter. So my my point, I, I kind of gone off on a tangent a little bit here, but my point is if we are going to apply the Section 230 protection, then we then have to apply the rules of our terms of service equally. And I think that's where we've gotten a lot of prognosticators have come out and said regarding the censorship that they don't think anything's going to happen. They don't think that we're actually going to come out and, and pull the 230 protections away from these individuals because, I mean, it's going to get to the point where they're, they're not able to function. What we see as social media would completely disappear. It would, it would obliterate 
what we see as social media. It, because what it would do is it would it would force them to censor content to the point where it's like nothing would be able to get get online. Controversial topics would not be able to to be discussed. So I'm I'm hesitant. I I've never been somebody who condones uh, limiting of, of speech. A hate speech is also free speech. As much as you don't want to admit it, as much as you don't like it, all speech is free speech. I mean, if you go back, even the UN Declaration of Human Rights that was adopted by the General Assembly in 1948 says, everyone has the right to freedom of opinion and expression. This right includes the freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any any media and regardless of frontiers, it, it's my point is that if you are going to have one rule for one class of individuals, you must apply that rule across the board. Otherwise, you deserve no protection. You have become a publisher. You have become an editor who's editing the voice of a, a group of individuals away from the other group, and and that's not fair. That's that oh, that certainly doesn't apply in the the 230 protections. So um I talk a little bit with Yessi. I'd love to go ahead and bring um that into the conversation now so you guys can kind of see how his organization works and how that helps people who have fallen victim to the the quote-unquote ban hammer from these organizations and if you do have some examples, I highly encourage you to send them over to him and and then we'll go from there. Today, we're going to talk about First Amendment, what I would consider violations, but, you know, they hide around their terms of service by big tech corporations. I'd like to talk about Team World Supporter and exactly what you're trying to accomplish and what you do. Um, A little bit about Section 230 and how that applies and how that's protecting some of these big corporations from, from liability. So let's start with first what we're actually even talking about altogether. Tell me about Team World Supporter, how you got started in that, where you came from, that kind of stuff, so we can learn a little bit about you and, and what we're really talking about today. So basically what happened was is two years ago, I saw that there was an issue where Twitter was censoring conservatives for just speaking uh, regular stuff. Right. You know, just saying truth facts. Mm-hmm. So... A guy by the name of Ari Friedman was suspended, and I uh, tweeted out the hashtag free Ari Friedman, and uh, I was and you've done that before. like every day for how many days now? I could, I think it's about eight hundred fifty something days. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's fine. So I didn't realize that it would go this far. I try doing it, and the list keeps on getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Keeps on, people keep on coming over to Team World Supporter asking for uh, us to fight for them. Right. And we just add them to the list. And then over the past year, we uh, we created, I created a form for people to fill out and submit proof and everything so we could have a database of who of uh, people that got suspended from any social media, not just Twitter. Right. And uh, we have not that many 
uh, we have uh, about uh, 20 people that filled out the form. Okay. And people that don't want to fill out the form, but they keep on emailing me different <laughs> things. Sure. Because they, they get, it's fine. They don't want to fill out the form because they get uh, nervous because it's Google. They don't want their lives invaded. They don't want cancel culture to come after them, which supposedly, quote, cancel culture doesn't exist, but. Yeah, cancel culture is just a made-up lie. A figment of our imaginations, even though half of high-profile accounts have been booted off of these um, protected media platforms. So I want to tell the audience really quick. So Section 230, what it is designed to do, in essence, when it was first created, I think it was really created to stifle the First Amendment. But what it did is it really gave a legal shield to corporations to say, you know, from a liability perspective, oh, so-and-so said they were going to kill somebody. Not my fault. We're just a platform. We're not a publisher. We're not an editor. So that that protected them from the liability of the, the consequences of the things that took place on their platform. What it has turned into, though, is kind of, a, of an ability to say, okay, I don't like what you have to say, so I'm going to say that violates our terms of service. But then you're creating in my opinion, you're starting to become a publisher. You're start, I mean, they've started fact-checking Donald Trump's tweets. So if you're going to change what the president says, you are now an editor, a publisher. You, you no longer have the protections of the 230. So what do you think about that, Yossi? Like, is it Yossi, Yossi, how do you say your name exactly? Yossi. I don't want to Yossi. Yossi, okay, I'm so sorry. What do you think about that? Like, what do you think about them putting uh, – checks and balances on certain tweets to fact check them, but yet you have false information coming out from even major media platforms like CNN. So it's exactly what you just said, that now they're turning into a publisher by doing that. So do you believe that these big tech corporations that decide to start editing, do you believe that they should start to lose their 230 protection and start being held liable for the things that take place on their sites? A thousand percent. Okay. I actually feel like Section 230 needs to be amended that they, uh, I forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> they, uh, Section 230, sorry about that. No, that's okay. Section 230 needs to, needs to be amended that it should include, not include, it should it should include um, fact-checking people that, that if they start fact-checking from people that we know is false, they fact-check president from CNN, which we all know CNN is not the most reliable news. No. <laughs> so, like, I, I forgot where I was going with this. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. So... I'll ask the question differently. So as far as the 230 protections are concerned, do you believe that either platforms should, like, do you support platforms should just say, okay, we really are a platform, write what you want to write, you're responsible for the consequences, whether what you write is fact or fiction or whatever, 
and and adhere to that? Or do you think that these platforms should become publishers where they can limit, edit, and and remove the ability for people to say anything that they deem incorrect or false? Which one do you support more? I think they should remain platforms because if once you become a publisher, there's no end to who they're going to throw off, who they're going to keep on, and they're going right. to silence conservatives. And conservatives are not going to have anything to say about it because they're doing the right, because they're doing what they're allowed to do. If so, publishers. do you have a way in this database that you're keeping? Do you have? And I realize you're fairly new, so it's not when you say you only have 20 people, but still 20 people. So, will you have a way of tracking? Like, let's say Facebook bans me until I remove something that I've posted on on Facebook. Are you keeping track of those types of situations as well, just to say, okay, here's what I posted, here's when I posted it, here's when I got banned and told to remove it, here's where I removed it, My maybe I'm reinstated, but are you keeping track of some of those situations as well? Yes. Just for documentation purposes, so yes. that exactly just for documentation purposes. Because I mean, I think that's important too. I have numerous friends that have had to create backup accounts because they get put in "quote unquote" Facebook jail because somebody deems something that they said inappropriate. And oftentimes, I'm finding that it's not even that the the post is being reported by the by people it's facebook's algorithms are just saying oh this word may be offensive and they're flagging that particular post yeah that's exactly, so, at what point that's exactly what it is i mean the people who are creating these algorithms it's people creating them so at what point do we stop them from doing this like it, why why do you think they have the power to do it why do you think that Congress or that some i i am not in favor of federal regulation i i i do not support it especially when you start intervening in the private sector but these platforms have gotten so huge they have completely monopolized communication so if if we're gonna play big boy games we need to have big boy rules so at what point do we stop the onslaught against conservative voices. I, I I really don't know how to respond to that because I think right away we stop it. Right. Okay. Well, so they've created two new platforms. There's more. There's there's, there's Gab. A, a but more. And now that I did the review of a lot of other people, I'm not people, platforms are reaching out asking me to do reviews. Mm-hmm. So there are more reviews coming. Okay. So let's talk specifically, just because the one I read that you had produced was um, reviewing Clout Hub and Parlor. And obviously, I mean, the recommendation, recommendation is to put yourself out there in as many places as possible so that you're viewed by as many people as possible. The only problem that I see with that, and even myself, I mean, I'm verified on Parlor and Clout Hub, but I can't get verified on Twitter. That's a problem. And then in addition to that, so I'm 
having to go out on four or five different platforms to post just one thing so that as many people see it, it gets tedious. You're right. I I would say go with CloudHub, but Parlor has more users. Okay. And why do you think that is? Why do you think CloudHub hasn't taken off? Because I really like CloudHub a lot. They don't have a big marketing push. By uh, by Parlor, they have Dan Bongino on their uh, on their uh, board. Okay. And he he always mentions it in his show. And he has high people listening, right? Listening to his podcast, and they download it and then they push it. Gotcha. And is that was that a paid sponsorship that Dan Bongino did with Parlor? So what he said was he had it first before they they sponsored him, and then they sponsored him, and now he's an investor in Parlor and a board member, right? Right. Okay. So here's the only thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Both of these platforms still have fairly strenuous terms of service agreements, meaning they can ban you anytime they want for whatever reason they say. Like they're actually, Twitter is pretty specific. It has to be a certain kind of like hateful conduct or whatever. But then we start getting into what do you determine as being hateful? Apparently, in California, there's now a law that states that you can't improperly misgender someone, whether it was intentional or not, or you you get fined or jailed. So that would be considered hateful conduct in some people's mind. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's such a subjective way of, of doing things. So speech is speech. I am I am a firm supporter of hate speech is also free speech. Not that I I condone it, not that I support it, but that all speech is free speech. So I have a problem with these terms of services for these organizations that say, okay, you can say whatever you want, but we'll ban you for whatever reason we want. Like I get it's a private company, but what's the point of having a platform if you're going to threaten people before they've even signed on the dotted line? I hear I I re, when I did my review I did not come across it I I uh I'll be straight up but I do find that people are getting banned from Parlor even though they have yet to provide any screenshot of any sort right uh, if you notice I put it out from my personal account on Twitter if you come to World Supporter for help Team World Supporter for help um, please provide screenshot of some sort. Right. And so um, a lot of these people that are coming with bands from Parlor aren't able to provide the screenshots? Or they're simply they're simply ignoring it, which means that they're not able to provide it. Right. Right. Hmm. So what do you think long-term, what do you think this looks like? What do you think the solution is? Really? There's no solution. Just continue fighting. I'm sorry. Come on, no Yessie, we got to come up with something. You're right, but I I don't know. I really don't know. Just keep on fighting, keep on making awareness, keep on not letting the uh, left get away with this, and 
So you do think it's politically driven. You don't think it's profit driven. You don't think it's anything like that. You think it's completely politically motivated. A thousand percent. Okay. Do you think that that it's like Jack Dorsey saying, hey, I want all conservative accounts that have any minor what we deem to be terms of service violation? Because, I, I mean, I'm thinking just in the last four years, the accounts that have been banned, I'm thinking of Milo, Thomas Victor or Victor or however you say his name. Um, I even uh what was his James Woods got banned for a while. And uh there's been some major platforms that were taken down at least temporarily Carpe Donctum got taken down, permanently banned for what I imagine is gonna be a big legal battle. I I mean that was a big part of his income. So well, income being the second source-driven traffic to where he has his podcasts and stuff like that. Like, Laura Loomer, she's running for Congress and is currently banned from Twitter. But I don't – I only hear conservative voices being stifled. I don't hear anyone on the other side of the spectrum that have been permanently kicked off. And I've seen some pretty – Horrible stuff come from some of those individuals. Chrissy Teigen comes to mind. Her platform is nothing but hate, and it is constantly spewing insults at people, constantly. And calling, I I think one of, she called somebody a fucking witch the other day. And it's just like a normal, everyday person. It wasn't even like a a high-profile figure that she's talking to like this. And I haven't seen her one time. I haven't seen her get slapped with any sort of violation from Twitter. Yep, that's what it is. That's uh, insane to me. They just turn a blind eye to the left, to the elitists. There should be consequences for that, and I I don't know what they are. Like, I because And that's the problem. I think that's the really big problem. We put ourselves in a position where we need these people. I get, I don't want to say my information, but I get prompted to research from Twitter more than any other platform out there. I, because I always feel like I'm like four or five days ahead of my friends on Facebook by being on Twitter so much. Because things are just so much more immediate on Twitter. Like, you know about it the instant that it's a problem. I went to bed last night knowing that Kanye had a meltdown and got up this morning and people are just now finding out about it, like, hours later. So I feel like I'm – and I don't want to say I get all of my information from Twitter, but I at least get the subject of my information from Twitter. Hey, Here's this piece of legislation that's being voted on right now. or And then I go to C-SPAN and I watch. But I at least i am prompted by Twitter. So they've created the need. We, I need Twitter in my life. But I also need the ability to be as free and flexible with the things that I say and the things that I do as the Chrissy Deacons of the world. Like I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be filtered because I believe differently 
than the people behind the the computers creating the algorithms. Does that make sense? A thousand percent. So, if politics is the motivation, so they hate Trump so bad. What happens when Trump's not in office anymore? Do they then have consequences to pay because they've created this essential echo chamber? I don't. I, no, they don't because the it's not just Trump. They hate America and America because I'm a right wing uh, person. I'm going to say they hate America. Um, and Trump's just in the way. It's not that. It's not going to change once Trump's out of the office, and they're not going to get any consequences once Trump's out of the office because everyone's, whoever the next person is is probably just going to leave the beat. So, Yessie, let me ask you a question, and I and I mean absolutely no offense by this. We've had most of our communication has been digital. So, I obviously, I hear an accent in your voice. Where are you from originally? Um, I was born and bred in Lakewood, New Jersey. Do you, do you see, are things bad up there right now? It was really bad, well, corona-wise. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm done talking about how much the platforms try to restrict us. Now we'll just talk about life in general and politics and things the, like that. It was really bad. Um, March, we got hit terrible. Okay. But we had massive... Everyone got hit. I think the whole New Jersey got hit. <laughs> and that, I'm exaggerating, but we really got hit, especially here in Lakewood. And I myself had it. And did you really? Yeah. And are you doing better? Like, did you have... Um, I'm fine. I'm back to myself. Okay. Did you have um, to go to the hospital or anything like that? Nope. No, I didn't. Thank God. So what kind of, of symptoms people, did you have? I was really sick. I couldn't. I lost my taste and smell. That's how I know I had it. My doctor confirmed it. Okay. I never took the test because I didn't want to leave the house. And my doctor said, like, there's no reason to take the test. You don't have your taste and smell. You have it. Okay. And I was really sick for like three days and that was it. So when you say really sick, like fever, nausea, like what, I mean, what all, you're the only person that I have ever talked to that had COVID. So me, I was really nauseous in bed, like didn't get up for two days. And one day I was really achy, but that was it. Huh. Now That's I know crazy. a lot of people, someone who I'm very close with. Uh, ended up in the hospital and in the beginning, like March time, still isn't back to work, still is short of breath. It's it's real. So hard. it affects people differently. Does does that yeah. friend of yours? Do they have what would be considered like a secondary illness, like any sort of diabetes or anything like that? Um, yes, and they also are, are over the age of sixty. Gosh, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, I've seen reports, I've seen videos and and people who have, you know, blogged and talked about their their issues, but me personally, I've never actually spoken to somebody that has it or has had it. In here. What about your area as far as I mean, you're right outside of New York City. New York looks like it's 
burning to the ground. Are things where you are, are they good as far as, like, safety and things like that are concerned? Um, I think so. We're not fully reopened because uh, the governor the governor didn't reopen yet. Mm-hmm. But things are slowly getting back to normal. And people are slowly opening up their stores, trying to stay within the law, not, you know, trying to get them to reopen, but we're not going to, we're not going to do things that are not against the law. Right. I mean, that are against the law. Sure. All we could do is push. So, what about schools? Are you guys going back to school in the fall? I think we are. Um, here, my daughter starts back to school next Wednesday, which we're in Indiana, so it's a little bit different here, but... Well, it sounds to me like you guys had it rough up there as far as COVID was concerned. Yeah, it was bad. What about economically? I mean, is your community doing well? Has when you say you haven't reopened, like, are is there anything open for you guys other than maybe like you know the Home Depots, Walmart, Target stuff like that, or do you guys have have some of your small businesses, restaurants have have they been able to open at all? They're open with it, with outdoor eating, okay, and takeout, strict uh, social distancing. Do you guys have mask mandates and stuff? Where? Yep. And how do you feel about that? The masks are uncomfortable, but I, and they some and they are hard to breathe with. So I'm, you know, I'm just gonna stay quiet about it because I don't wanna <laughs> say the wrong thing. See, that's the problem. You shouldn't have to be fearful of saying the wrong thing. You can have an opinion. You can say I don't like them, but I'll wear one to keep people safe, or you know, whatever. You, here you have no no repercussions. Now, once it's published, obviously it's tied to you, so I can understand reserving yourself a little bit. But um, here they just implemented, like, for example, my daughter's been back in gymnastics for almost two months now. We just got a text message yesterday that from this point moving forward, masks will be required for adults that come inside. So... Whenever I go to watch her practice, I have to have a mask on now. So I'm not super happy about that because I don't like them. I wear glasses, and my glasses fog up, and I can't breathe. And it feels gross because it gets wet inside of your mask. <laughs> it's just I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Um, but if it's required, I will do it to to be in compliance. Now, if it should be a law to... Um to make to be a to do a mask mandate, I don't think so. No, I yeah, I, there, <laughs> I just got off the phone with I, I had a call earlier with our representative in Congress. I have a really big problem with government overreach. At what point do we go back to where we say, okay, we trust American citizens to make the right decisions? When are we going to get to that point again? Because I need us to be there. I wish we were there, too. (laughs) Okay, sir. We're at about 30 minutes. I so much appreciate you taking the time to come on. Please give me, real quick, what is your um, website and where can people go send you 
documentation and information if they are kicked off of a platform so that I can help maybe drive some traffic to you so you can build a little bit? So my website is teamworldsupporter.com. Okay. And I have the Google form uh, uh, pinned to my to World Supporter Team World Supporters uh, Twitter account. Okay. At the top. And if I'll link that in the podcast off, description too, so people can can click directly from there. And if someone got thrown off, um, I guess they can email Yossi Y O S S I at TeamWorldSupporter.com. Perfect. Yessie, thank you so much for coming on with me. I appreciate you. Best of luck to you, and I hope that you grow and build. Actually, I hope you don't grow and build. I hope there's not more people kicked off, but unfortunately, I think that's going to have to happen. Yes, unfortunately. All right. Thank you so much. You take care of yourself. All right. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to be notified whenever we have another episode come up, please subscribe. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Please make it a great day in America. This is the country where few people leave, too many people want to enter, and dead people still vote. Take care. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death.